Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Sam. Are you ready? I'm ready to rumble. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Stuck at the office or traffic jam. Time to take it easy with Alyssa and Sam. Is that show you know? A pro. I knew you were going to hate that. <laughs> what, of all the places you could have put, Alyssa just took her gum out of her mouth and then put it on her phone. Because you said you don't like it when people put their gum like on your surfaces. So normally I would have put it on the window ledge, but... It, Which is also bizarre. Why not like the cap of your Perrier? Yeah, I thought about that too. But I know that I want to take a little tasty drink of that. So what am I going to do? Try to like avoid my gum for the whole episode? Matt put his gum on the table once and I was like, what the fuck is like his like chewed gum directly on my like coffee table and I was like, what the fuck is this? And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, you you're 30 I mean you're 34 and you put your chewed gum on my furniture. <laughs> That's what I mean. But the issue is is that I do the same shit. Yeah, you guys are fucking bizarre. Yeah. Hey man. Who raised you? Barn animals. Yes. <laughs> For today's episode. We are going to talk about my experience getting an IUD, which is an intrauterine device. If you don't know what that is, it's a form of birth control, but also just about like contraception in general and kind of like the weight that is put on those of us with uteruses. Yeah. You know, and the ability to get pregnant. So, and it's quite the weight. It really is. And I honestly didn't feel that way until. <clears throat> probably like the last few years like when I was younger I was kind of just like oh like this is a thing that I have to do sort of thing yeah. but now I'm like realizing how wronged I've been I mean I think that's the thing is like it's just when someone there's a lot of things we just like accept as fact but then when someone points out that like oh it's kind of fucked up that that's like per your responsibility only even though you can only get pregnant once and then you're out of commission for nine mm -hmm. months but like you know people with ball sacks can go impregnate like hundreds of people a day if they so desired well i don't know if they i don't know any man that has that kind of stamina but like hundreds <laughs> dissecting each little like swimmer yeah. <laughs> yeah so if you've already watched my youtube video on this so sorry <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of the same information um but here's i feel like it's a good one though to like harp on personally yeah i mean it was really an experience for me and there is one new development so Stay tuned for that one, one reason. It's worth it. So I don't actually remember when you went on birth control, um, but I went on birth control when I was 15 years old. Um, I think I was 16. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I mean, arguably pretty young, right? Like yeah. for me, 15 was, was quite young, but I knew that the chances of me becoming sexually active were pretty like high. Um, I had a boyfriend at the time and stuff like that. Um, and... I know that my mom had told my doctor, like, I think when I became a preteen, that if I ever asked for birth control just to give it to me, I'm actually unsure if you can just, like, ask for it anyway. I mean, I think so. I'm sure if you're the age of consent. Yeah. Then you don't need, like, a parent. Yeah. Which is 16 in BC. Okay. 
So there you go. Um, but I knew that like my my time was coming, you know. So I know that it was the summer of me being 15 and I turned 16 in, in October. Um, so what? Sorry, when you said my time is coming, I just there's Alyssa doesn't watch The Office, which is like perpetually like just like it's a real thorn in our relationship because I always want to quote it. But there's like this scene where um, Dwight's trying to get like Michael prepared to like have a kid. And he's like, my cervix is ripening. <laughs> and that's what it made me think of when you said, my time is coming. My, Anyways, my cervix was ripening. My cervix is fucking ripe right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I knew that, like, my time was coming. And I also had known for, I think I must have researched it myself. Because, again, we harp on sex education in the public school, school system so much. But there wasn't. Let's give it one more time. You know what I mean? There wasn't that much information they were giving us. But I knew that you had to be on birth control for like a certain amount of time for it to be as effective as you can. So I went in early, got my birth control. Anyway, 15 years old when I started taking birth control. I don't know that I had really any side effects. I'm sure I did. But I think like when you're younger, you don't really take note as much um, about your body. Like there's so much else going on and maybe that's just me, but there's so much else going on that you're excited about and mm-hmm. you don't really notice these like subtle changes. Yeah. I don't remember any side effects from my birth control either. Yeah. At the time. So I was on birth control until I was 18 and I decided, I think it was at 18 to just go off of it for a while. And I remember telling my dad, actually, my family was like pretty open, P.S. Um, I remember telling my dad, like, I feel so much happier now that I'm not on birth control. Like, it's just like a whole weight has been lifted off of my body, um, which is odd for me because I I didn't go off of it because I was feeling any type of way back then. So that was just a really interesting like memory that I have knowing that, oh, I, I did this when I was 18 and I, I felt so much better. And then I ended up going back on it because it was just way more convenient for me and I didn't want to have like the worry (laughs) sort of thing. Um, And then some other things happened. I ended up going off of it again. Um, You know, there were times where I didn't know if it was going to be an option for me in my life anyway. So I was like, what's the point of (laughs) being on birth control? And uh, long story short, I did end up going off of it for quite a few years. I think it was two years I was off of birth control. And I was kind of like living my best life sort of thing. And then recently, last year, I did end up going back on it. And I get migraines with um, aphasia, uh, temporary aphasia and uh, aura. So when you get migraines with aura, um, you can't, it's not recommended, I should say. This is also not medical advice. Please talk to your doctor. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Um, it's not recommended that you be on the combination birth control pill. So that one is estrogen and progesterone. So I had to be on progesterone only birth control pills for basically since I was, I think like 18 also, maybe like 17. Um, but I've had migraines since I was in grade eight. So like 14. That specific type of migraine? That specific type. Yeah. I had the first migraine I ever had, I was in grade eight, eight or nine. And it was horrific because I had never experienced this before. Like I had no idea what was going on. I was in numeracy, it was called. It wasn't even math. We had like literacy and numeracy. It was weird. Um, I feel like it was just like a different subset of maths. Um, but we were doing a test and I remember not understanding everything, anything and not in the way of like, oh, I don't know the, <laughs> the yeah. content of this. It was like, I, I couldn't write a plus sign 
I was writing down instead of up and like it was just my entire like mental faculties weren't working and I was having a really hard time seeing my vision was really limited it was like I was looking through a peephole and then there were like these spidery uh light fingers in the outsides of my eyes and and then I ended up getting a really really bad headache and I went to the office and I was like I have to go home and I was trying to walk home and it was really hard for me to like see like guide myself home Mm -hmm. I ended up taking a bath, drinking some water and going to sleep. And then when I woke up, it was better. And that ended up being my first migraine. So we knew right away that I had migraine with Aura. Um, So that resulted in me having to take progesterone only birth control. And the options for progesterone only in the pill are quite limited in Canada that I know of. So there was only one, I believe, that I could take. And that's the one that I was taking last year. Again, didn't really feel like a ton of side effects from this, a little bit of weight gain, stuff like that. Um, But the list of side effects for birth control is just massive. Yeah. Like depression, anxiety, acne, um, weight gain. You know, I mean, there are some benefits where your period cramps can lessen and um, the flow can lessen and, and stuff like that. But I mean, the the sim- the side effects of birth control are just like the pamphlet is like two pages long, you know. Well, and I feel like most of us don't get the pamphlet, which we bitched about in another podcast. But. Yeah, I mean the pamphlet like it comes <clears throat> in the package with birth control. Oh, oh, so oh you- you're talking about that pamphlet. Yeah, you're talking about the type um, size six font yes. pamphlet. Yeah, yeah, okay, exactly. <laughs> but no, I didn't. When I asked for birth control, I didn't get any any information on what I could expect or anything like that no, or me neither no it was just like sure here you go here you go yeah. yeah so it ended up being that the progesterone only birth control pill that I was on either it got discontinued or they stopped bringing it into Canada or it was just unavailable for some reason I can't remember which the actual reasoning was but my doctor said we have to switch you to a different brand but still progesterone only. So I did end up switching and I think it was only like two or three months in, I started feeling like just so low. Like I have never experienced that in my life. It was wild. I was sitting in my um, my house downstairs and I was just like, just so unmotivated and hopeless. Like yeah. Sam actually helped me come up with that word because I was explaining to her, we were on a walk and I was explaining to her how I was feeling and she was like like kind of hopeless and I was like, oh, that's like, that's <laughs> it. Oh my goodness, that's exactly it. Just feeling like, what's the point? And like not in a way that I was scared for my well-being, but just like the thoughts that I was thinking, I was like, am I like, again, I said this in a uh, later podcast that's going to come out later, but we filmed it earlier. <laughs> I don't like using the word crazy because I know that it has such a negative connotation to it. Um, but that was the only word that kept coming back to my head. I was like, am I going crazy? Yeah. Like I felt, I genuinely felt like I was losing my mind. And um, then I, I ended up talking to Sam about it and we kind of came to the conclusion that like it's very possible that I was like experiencing this situational depression from my birth control and I had kind of thought about that a little bit earlier like yeah is this but I was like let me just do all of my self-care things mm-hmm. so that I can try and like pull myself out of it no <laughs> nothing yeah. was working like this you know this is like strictly hormonal like chemical yeah no amount of gym and and carrots is gonna pull me out of this yeah. So I spoke to the people that needed to know that I was going off birth control and I went off. And then a week later, it was like literally a week later, like they say that it takes like three months or whatever to get out of your system. But genuinely a week later, I felt like 10 times better. Yeah. It was it was wild. Um, just like the the 180 flip. And so that really 
told me that I don't think that hormonal birth control is for me anymore. Like I, it was a really scary experience for me, never having dealt with depression really before. Um, there was like a very short time when I like refractured my back. Yeah. Where I was like, a lot of apathy was going on, but this was like on a, on a whole other level. And, uh, so I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I had gone to a doctor and I was like, what can I do here? Like, what are my options basically? And he was like, well, you should get an IUD. And what has your experience been like with doctors? Have they tried to like push IUDs on you? They haven't, but I think that like, because you're, you have like the specific thing going on where like you can only be on a certain type of birth control I think that's probably why they would be more likely to I think I've had it like recommended to me once but I was just like no because I never wanted to 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 do that yeah so it's been my experience that doctors bring it up anytime they get the chance like anytime we're talking about my birth control or medications I'm on they're like have you thought about an IUD and I'm like why are you like my is obsessed with me. <laughs> like, why are you trying to push this IUD thing so hard? And I've said no every time because it just makes me so uncomfortable thinking about having something left in my body. Yeah. I just don't love it. Um, but this kind of was the time that I was like, well, this kind of seems like my only option. And uh, well, only option that I feel comfortable with. Um, because I also, I want to be on a contraception. You know, like yeah. condoms are always a great option, especially because nothing protects you against STIs other than condoms, right? So um, that's an important note to make. <laughs> but I decided that I would get referred to an IUD clinic and that's what I did. I had the conversation on a Friday with the doctor at the IUD clinic and I believe that I was scheduled in for the Tuesday, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what? Like <laughs> to me, that's like unheard of. Because in Canada, I don't know, I don't know what it's like anywhere else. Usually you're waiting like so long to get appointments for places, for ultrasounds, for um, blood tests and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, if you go to like a life lab sort of thing, you get a blood test like pretty much right away. But if it's like a specialist sort of thing or like a procedure. So that was weird to me. I was like, OK, so obviously this is like a thing that they care to do. Yeah. So we decided that doctor and I, we decided that I would get the copper IUD, which is the IUD that has no hormones in it at all. It's the copper in it that makes your uterus like an inhabitable place for the bebés, you yeah. know? Um, and what I learned later is it actually like, uh, it thickens the lining of the uterus and then, um, which is also inflammation, which yeah. is kind of like shitty. But anyway, um, I could have gotten the hormonal, uh, the hormonal IUDs as well because they were progesterone only. And something my doctor did tell me was that the amount of hormones in IUDs are a lot lower than in the birth control pill because the birth control pill has to like survive and filter through your kidneys, I think she said. Liver or kidneys, one of the two. So they put a lot more in there so that it's still effective. Whereas the IUD, it's like straight in there. Yeah. You know, it's not filtering through. So, um, I mean, the side effects could be a lot less. I just wasn't willing to chance it. Well, and especially because this this is the thing that always, like, made me nervous about IUDs, and this is why I was never interested in them, is because, like, I like that with, like, a medication, you just stop taking it. Like, yeah, yeah it's going to take a while to, like, work out of your system, but, like, you just, generally speaking, you can either, like, quit cold turkey or you can, like, wean off or whatever, but you are, like, very much in control of, like, I'm going to start 
you know, ending this today. Whereas like with IUDs, like I've just known so many people that have experienced discomfort or like serious pain and stuff like that. And they haven't been able to get in for like sometimes weeks at a time. And they're going through this like thing. Like I just don't like the idea of something being in there that like I can't remove myself and I also can't go in and get it removed like today. Yeah. So. Well, and I mean, everyone has a different experience with IUDs. There are plenty of. For sure. Yeah. There's plenty of people who have absolutely no problems with them. They don't feel any pain, no discomfort, that sort of thing. Just wasn't my experience. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, we decide I'm going to get the copper IUD. My doctor seemed a little bit biased against the copper IUD, actually. Hmm. Um, I think, and it is less popular, I think 30% of the people who get IUDs get the copper, which means the 70% get the hormonal option. Um, But I think it's because there really are no benefits other than very low chance of getting pregnant um and your periods become a lot more painful cramping is a lot heavier and the flow is a lot heavier and in some people the flow gets so heavy that they can become anemic oh my god so you know but for me this is tmi okay this is the podcast for me my period it was so light that like i it was kind of like for show if i used any feminine (laughs) products you know what i mean Like, it was like, okay, I'm going to the gym. I guess I should. You know what I mean? But it was never like a necessity sort of thing. It it, it was a necessity for going to the gym. But other than that, it was kind of just like, eh, sort of thing. So for me, I did just have my period. I, I think I still have it. I don't know. Haven't, haven't checked. Um, but <laughs> that's how light my flow is, man. It's just wild. It's like, oh, is it there? I don't know. Maybe. Um. So I did just have it. It was significant, like I needed products this time, like significantly heavier. But because I've always had such a like yeah. chill and flow, I, I don't think that I'm going to be one of those people who has issues with anemia because of it. I just don't think it'll get that heavy, thankfully. However, the cramping was obscene. It was like my whole body, like my joints, like my elbows, my skin hurt. Like my hair follicles hurt. It was the weirdest experience. And I didn't relate it immediately to my period because I've never experienced that before. I do, I did always get really bad cramps, but not like they were always localized in, you know, the uterine area. (laughs) Whereas this was like my whole body. It was just wild. Um, Anyway, so I think that's why uh, the copper IUD is, is less popular and with the hormonal IUDs, there's a chance that your period goes away altogether. Uh, within like, I think it was like six to nine months, you could see like really, really light periods or no period at all. And I think that that's like really a shiny like yeah. beacon for a lot of people. Um, anyway, I chose to get the copper IUD. So the day that I got my IUD, some of you may not know this, but Sam comes to all my doctor's appointments <laughs> because I like her too uh, for emotional support. But also like she actually, I used to make her come into my doctor's appointments because she remembers shit that I don't remember. It's like I black out and then she's like this and I'm like, oh yeah. So it's just helpful, you know, like she's my emergency contact. What of it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Even if I'm married, she'll probably still be my emergency contact. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. (laughs) So Sam did end up driving me, thankfully. However, my, not my doctor, she's just the doctor that did it. But the doctor said that I could have driven myself. I could have gone back to work that day, whatever sort of thing. Lots of people do, she said. Um, But because Sam always comes to my appointments anyway, I had asked her previously, like, hey, do you mind coming to this appointment? Even though she couldn't come in, I was like, I still, you know, it's nice. It's nice to have you there. I'm nervous. Um, 
so Sam did end up driving me and I go in and I check in first off the bat they bring me into like this room to take my blood pressure and they also asked me to tinkle in a little cup to make sure I'm not pregnant which I'm not okay spoiler alert (laughs) not pregnant um but then they bring me back into this room and they leave me in this room with the entire Rubbermaid of urine samples okay I if really if you've been watching at all throughout the past seven seasons you know that like privacy is really important to me um for things that people don't want to share I like being pretty open but if somebody like says something to me and then says I don't want you to tell anyone just like literally never happening you know what I mean so for me the fact that all of these people's information was just sitting there on the counter all of them had like the entire labels on them with their like well and when you're not in there like being like like not supervised but you know what I mean like like if the doctor was in there kind of like yeah I think that would also be one thing but I was there for I think it was like 45 minutes with these samples and I obviously I didn't like go up and like look at them you know it's also oh fucking Rebecca getting an (laughs) IED today oh really it's also like you're I'm not trying to like look at just an entire bin of urine um but I I know that all of the labels were on those bottles and another thing is I think that you're really lucky if you're someone who is able to talk to your family about contraception Mm. you know I I think that it's still a lot more taboo than a lot of people think and so if it's something that you're doing and a lot of people know you're doing it I and it's a comfortable experience for you I think that that's a place of privilege right like the place that I'm in um so there's people who could be going in there and getting it done in secret so that someone doesn't know or whatever you know and I just think that like huh like you're just leaving patient information unsupervised in this room yeah that was just like has nothing to do with like my IUD it's just the whole experience yeah you know what I mean um so they leave me in there I'm chilling with this box of urine um they take my blood pressure everything's good and I go into the room finally to get the IUD and the doctor basically is like all right Spread them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She Bend says, over. <laughs> she mm. says, how you doing? What's going on? This is the one we're doing today. Yada, yada. Um, and she realized that she was going to need a smaller device than the one that she brought in. And the reason that I say that is because um, a lot of people think that they get the wrong the wrong size for their uterus. And so I just want to make it known. Like the one that I got is the smallest one that's available for whatever. Um so it's not that the one that I have is too big for me. It's just, you'll hear my my woes in a moment. Um, so she goes and she gets the the smaller one. I get the Mona Lisa Mini is what it's called. And um, she, the, fir- the thing that I did like that she did was she touched my inside of my thighs and my tummy before she touched me. Do you know what I mean? So she like wheeled herself up first off. I don't know how you were when you got pap smears when you were like dead, whatever, preteen, teenager. Um, I cared not. I would like scooch my butt to the very end of that chair. My knees would be like <laughs> spread right open. I'd be like, do your thing, baby. Now, as I'm like aging, aging, I'm 27, but like I'm a lot more, I don't know, like bashful about it. Yeah. So... My butt was like to the fully end because I've been told before, like, you need to scooch down. And so I did scooch all the way down, but my knees were kind of like, like only open at the top. Only just, just enough. Yeah. And she was like, 
okay, bring your knees a little bit closer to the table. <laughs> it's like, okay. And then she said, okay, touch. She said touch. And then she did the touching. So I did like that. If there's any like doctors, I don't know. That was a really nice experience. Yeah. That's where the nice experience ended, unfortunately. <laughs> so she opens up my vagine, okay, with what I can only assume is like a crowbar. <laughs> She's like getting up on the edge of the bed and like putting all her weight on it. <laughs> Dude, okay, I have had uh, numerous, okay, experiences with the pap smears. This, I was like, how wide do you need it? I always hate pap smears. I, I think I said this on a previous podcast that I was like, I always hate pap smears and they're like painful to me. Yeah. Um, They, like, I, I feel like I have the feeling of a pap smear for like three fucking days afterwards they never bother me i never have an issue with them i feel like they've always craned my shit open yeah like, i mean you it's not to fucking like um, do i need to be fully dilated for this <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a fucking q-tip for fuck's sake <laughs> i wouldn't say it's like an enjoyable experience for me but i didn't have to like take off any time or anything like that like i they just aren't uh that painful for me but this was like I was like, okay, like there's really no more room for you to stretch that bad boy. So let's leave it there. How about? And then she told me that she was going to stabilize my cervix. The pain, Samantha. What is she doing there? Don't know. <laughs> Couldn't, tell Couldn't tell you. You know what? I think she actually said she was measuring my cervix. I think is what she was doing because I read online they said stabilizing, but I don't know if that's the same shit. Anyway, no idea what she was doing. The pain was so significant. Like, I, I was in shock. I was in shock from how bad it was. It was, like, between a sharp pain and, like, an intense ache. Mm. But neither. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was just, like, a lightning bolt that never went away and just kept surging inside of me. It, I screamed. And, like, I prefer to downplay shit most often because I just like I feel like it's embarrassing that's like an issue that I have to work through so the fact that like I I did that I was like oh my oh my goodness like this is that painful that I'm actually like out I know that there's people in the waiting room and I'm actually like freaking screaming in here yeah so she was like I know I know I know it hurts and she's like almost done and then she pulls it out and then the pain doesn't go away okay like the the intense pain it is subsiding and I was like doing my like breathing exercises I was like <sighs> trying to like come back down to earth and I, I kind of thought it was like done maybe and she was like that's the worst part and I was like okay well at least the worst is over you know so my shit is still crowbarred open at this point but the lightning bolt she was shoving inside of me has since passed and then she says, okay, now I'm going to insert the IUD. Just a moment to thank today's sponsor, which is Rothy's. Do you know that Rothy's has surveyed thousands of customers and the number one word that are used to describe their shoes is comfy? Oh, I thought you were going to say fire. <laughs> I was going to say I'm not surprised. <laughs> if they surveyed us, yeah. the number one word used to describe them would be fire. Yeah. Rothy's are also extremely durable. They last wash after wash and you can fully machine wash them. That is a big important. That's of importance to me. 
Yeah, I, I concur. Especially in my newfound love of white sneakers, which are the Rothies that I own. Yeah. Bright uh, white, specifically. I know. They specify, like, this is supposed to be <laughs> beaming. <laughs> and I love them. That You know what I love the most about them, though, was there was no, like, wear in time. That's a huge thing for me, because my feet are, like, all kinds of messed up from wearing heels for, like, eight years, eight hours a day. Yeah, they and, come broken in, yeah. it feels like. They're also sustainably made with materials like plastic water bottles, and they're available in tons of shapes, styles, and colors, so you can always find the right one for you. Actually, I have a funny story about washing my shoes. Tell me. Okay, so I'm like a super um, like like scared person, and I had put my Rothy's like in the washing machine, and I <laughs> I turned them on. You know what I mean? I already know where this is going. <laughs> and you okay? So I put them on at night because I was like, you know what? Like I'm just trying to go to bed. Um, and you know how when like your washing machine starts, it's kind of like chill. Yeah. But then it like gets going when it's like doing the draining cycle. I was in my bedroom and I heard the Rothies like rumbling around <laughs> in there. And I was like, there's a murderer in my home. I was like paralyzed in my bed. And then I, it finally clicked. I was like, oh, my Rothies are done, which was perfect. Cause then like I could take them out and put them next to the heater to, you know, dry. Everything's fine. Yeah. Everything was fine. But for a quick moment. Yeah. I thought about screaming to you. You and thought death was imminent. I did. Yeah. I thought it was upon me. They do have more than just our bright white sneakers, though. They have a wide range of shoes, bags, as well as face masks. So you guys can head to rothys.com slash approachable to find your new favorites today. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash approachable. Thank you so much, Rothys. Another huge thank you to today's other sponsor, which is Native Deodorant. Native deodorant is filled with ingredients found in nature, such as coconut oil for its antimicrobial properties, shea butter for moisturizing, and tapioca starch to absorb wetness. Native is formulated without aluminum, parabens, and talc, which can clog your sweat glands and keep you from sweating. We all know how much I love to sweat. Dude, I was, I was on the treadmill yesterday. I finally ran a mile. Ooh. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since I've ran a mile. I was sweating, but I didn't stink. There you I go. had my coconut vanille. That's okay. all that matters. I had my native deodorant on. Uh, native deodorant comes in its classic scents coconut and vanilla lavender and rose cucumber and mint and citrus and herbal with a ton of different seasonal scents for both men and women they also offer unscented formulas and baking soda free formulas as well for those of you with sensitivities natives products are never tested on animals and they're also risk-free to try with free u.s shipping and free 30-day returns and exchanges for every product you probably already know about their deodorant if you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, but they also have body wash, toothpaste, and their brand new mineral-based sunscreen. Yep, Native now has a broad spectrum SPF 30 sunscreen for your face and body. It's lightweight, absorbs quickly, and you can choose between unscented or coconut and pineapple. Coconut and pineapple, my mm-hmm. jam. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That'll like jive well. Mm-hmm. Your coconut and vanilla moment. Stay fresh, stay clean with Native by going to nativedeo.com slash approachable20 or use promo code approachable20 at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash approachable20 or use promo code approachable20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. Thank you so much, Native. And so she takes the, I, I didn't actually look at it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to like look down at my Which normally shit. you do. 
Yeah, that one's pretty. I would have had to have like my abs engaged and like sitting up, <laughs> to, like, look at what she was doing, and then I probably oh, wouldn't be in the right position. Alyssa's the person that like when people are like, "Oh, do you want a mirror so you can watch me like jab this thing into your face?" She's like, "I do, <laughs> I do want the mirror." <laughs> like she, you had like this like lip surgery thing. Yeah, it was. Um, I had a salivary gland that was severed, and so it was pooling, and I had to get the salivary gland removed. And she wanted to look at it. And I, I was in the room and I was like looking against the wall being like, oh my God, you are just a freaking lunatic. Like, what is wrong with you? I think, I think it's interesting that they can like surgically remove a, one, a salivary gland. Yeah, it's interesting as like a concept. I wanted to watch. Because <laughs> they, they showed me, they took it out and they showed me. But it was like massive, the, the thing. Oh. I don't know. It was weird. It was cool, but weird. Anyway, um, so I didn't watch, but from what I see online, it's this like little tube thing with like a little plunger and then they have the little tiny IUD, which is like a T-shaped device inside of it. And then they need to take that, run it through your vagine. I don't know if we're going to like get demonic. That's why I'm saying these things. I don't care about using technical words. Um, they shove it through your vagine and then into your cervix, through your cervix, into your uterus. They plunge it in there. And then it opens its little flaps up and starts like... It spreads its wings and it's, flies. It does spread its wings and fly. Um, the worst was not over. I don't know why she said that to me. The pain of, of that was similar, but then add like intense cramping. I, again, screamed for the second time, which to me surprised me because like, okay, I, was, I wasn't as shocked. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like the shock of the pain didn't surprise me, but it actually just was that painful. And I was again doing my breathing exercises and like, I'm, I can't even describe to you how much pain I felt during this procedure. Like it's, I don't even feel like it could ever come across. You yeah. know what I mean? And I haven't had a baby. I wish that I had. So I could say like, it's, 60% as painful as having a baby or something like that. Cause I feel like truly, I feel like that's the level that it's on. Do you know what I mean? Like it could be measured against the baby scale. Yeah. Not as painful. Okay. Like I, I don't, don't come after me. I don't know. I mean, my midwife, Jan, okay. She's a straight shooter and she was like, it's not the pain. It's the fatigue. Yeah. That's what she said. She was like, it's just like when you've been doing it for hours and hours and hours and hours, that's when it gets to the point where it's like too much for people. Well, and you know what? That is what's like, I'll, I'll give IUDs that it's like that intense, intense pain. 30 seconds, maybe still don't want it. Yeah. You know, still not here for it. Um, anyway, so she shoves that thing inside of me and then pulls the situation out uncrowbars my vaheen and, um, I'm laying there and she's like, okay, it'll, it'll start like settling down just take some, some time here and breathe and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh my God, I can never have kids. I would have been the worst, dude. Like, I would have been the worst in that situation. Dude, I I almost wonder if you would have said, like, stop. Like, when she oh, was I, measuring oh, your cervix. for sure I would have. I would have been like, no. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. It, and, and not because, like, you can't handle it. I just think, like, you would have been like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be enough of that. <laughs> yeah. So then I'm, like, laying there on the table, and the cramping is just like, oh, it's so intense. And I'm, like, trying to breathe through it. And I, I tell her I can never have kids um, because after going through that, I was like, oh, there's no way. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way because what everything that I read online was um, mild discomfort. 
you know, like it's you'll be fine to go to work that day. You can resume all normal activities after 24 hours like this shit. So I'm like, well, if this is mild discomfort, apparently I have no pain tolerance anymore. It just left (laughs) me one day, you know. Um, So I said that to her and then she laughed. And then she was like, no, no, you can. You just do it. Uh, And then I asked her if I was like a baby. And she said and then I said, be honest, like actually be honest. Like, was I a baby about it? And she said, no, no, you did great. Like I had a woman screaming so loud that somebody in the uh, waiting room left. That would have that would have been me. I wouldn't have even gotten to the point where she's like measuring shit. I would have heard the echoes through the hallowed halls and I would have been like, bye. Yeah, which again is just the fact that everything online that I had read, it's out there. Okay, like the 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 stories of people actually getting IUDs and how it went for them are out there. But from what I was reading, it was all like mild discomfort, blah, 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 all this stuff. I'm like, why aren't you talking about what this actually feels like for some people? Because for some people, sure, it is mild discomfort. And it is known that if you've had children before, it's a lot less painful because your cervix has already dilated. So there is that as well. And I haven't had children before. Um, So there is that to consider as well. But oh my goodness. Like I just felt like I was going in like blind basically. You know, I expected that it would be uncomfortable and like maybe painful and that's why I was worried. But like, no, could have never expected this. Anyway, so finally I like sit up and I'm putting on my clothes, whatever. And she says, okay, I need you to um, book your follow-up phone call appointment at the front. And I was like, okay. And I'm standing there and she's booking my shit and it's taking so long like I'm sure it wasn't that long but like I just feel like you would have my shit pulled up maybe when you know how horrific of an experience you do this all day with people like you know what I mean so I'm standing there and suddenly I get this like really like visceral need to throw up and then my vision starts going black and it was like a migraine without the headache because I couldn't see And I felt like I was fainting, but like I hadn't fainted yet. I was like, what is happening? And I just looked at her and I was like, I need you to do this like later. Like I need to call and do this because I I said, I need you to, I need to call and do this. And she said, I'm almost done. And I was like, I'm about to throw up. (laughs) And then she was like, okay. And I was like walking out the door and she's like, your appointment is May 16th. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm walking out the door. Sam had pulled up like right out front, which is so kind that you moved to a closer spot. (laughs) No problem. And I opened the door and I literally just like put my hand on the door, door well or whatever. Yeah. And like was crouching and Sam was like, oh my God, are you okay? (laughs) I was like, no. (laughs) I was like having such a hard time. Um, I also wasn't really prepared for that which is a vasovagal response so in some people they will get a vasovagal response where you can throw up faint or feel like you're going to throw up or faint and it was just again why is this not like more widely spoken about Mm -hmm. you know um so we get home we go for a tiny little walk (laughs) you know we got ice cream on the way home we got ice cream we did we got a little frosty (laughs) oh yeah i ate that was good i ate I did feel a little bit better. I knew that I kind of needed like some sugar or something. I was like, I don't feel very good. Um, and so then we went for a little walk. And then I and honestly ended up spending the rest of the day in bed. Spent the whole next day in bed. Um, and it was just like it was a really like hard experience. Um, I will stop talking at some point. We're almost there. <laughs> Believe me, it's like I I get annoyed 
when I'm telling a story because I'm like, all right, speed it up, bitch. Okay, so. That said, though, I do feel like you're you're not it's it's not that you're not concise with like the details. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like you like drag it on in a way that's unnecessary. Well, thank you. No that's very kind. So a couple of days goes by. I do end up going to the gym. I'm feeling OK. Sam and I have to like clean the house top to bottom because we realize, oh, yeah, we're moving. Yeah. So we had to get pictures taken. So the day before the incident I'm just kidding. But the day before my immense pain started, I had cleaned my house like basically top to bottom for like eight hours or whatever it was. And I was feeling pretty good, honestly. Like I was having some mild cramping. I was having these mild discomforts that were talked about on these alleged yeah, mild discomforts online. Um, I was still feeling like really weird about having something foreign in my body. Like I felt really detached from my lady bits. You know what I mean? Mm. It just like it didn't feel like they were mine anymore, which is like such a weird thing for me Um, because I feel like very certain of like my body. Like I'm not, you know, not worried about it. Um, So that was a really hard thing for me to experience that I didn't really expect either. But the next day we had um, photographers come. Can I talk about this? Mm -hmm. We had photographers coming over to take pictures of the house. And so Sam and I were just like sitting on the um, couch outside, just like the little patio furniture. And I honestly don't even remember. I think I like blacked out because I was in so much pain. But I think I just started feeling like extremely unwell. Basically, like all of a sudden, um, I was just like, I need to a use the washroom. <laughs> and I can't because there's people taking pictures of all of the, the, the rooms in the house. And I was like, I just need to lay down. And I'm like trying to hold it together. I'm in like so much pain. My like shit is like burning as well, which is again, you know, not, not really what you want. Um, and I was just like feeling extremely unwell. Uh, we ended up getting them to take pictures of this space that we're in right now so that I could come up here and like lay down. And I started feeling a little bit, a little bit better. Um, but then the next day I was in so much pain from my belly button downwards. I couldn't, I couldn't even walk. Like when I got up to get out of bed, I had to be like hunched over to go to the bathroom or like walk hunched over to the kitchen. Sam ended up bringing me chicken noodle soup (laughs) so I didn't have to get out of bed. I literally was trying everything. I was taking Advil, Tylenol, um, like alternating Advil and Tylenol so that you can get like the full effects um, because that's like what the doctor told me to do one time with like surgery. Um, I was trying heating pad, uh, TENS unit, like everything nothing was getting like even dulling this pain like not even to the point where it was manageable um my mom was like please go to the hospital and when I was looking it up online which is another thing that is really like scary to me is and something you had actually told me as well that someone you know had this experience um again don't take my advice for it if you have something going on you know go to the hospital if, if it's what you feel you need to do too. But when I was looking online, a lot of people were saying um, they had gone to the hospital when they had issues with their IUD and they wouldn't touch it. Yeah. They were like, we were not equipped in the emergency room to deal with this. So basically you just have to wait. And that's so disheartening to me. It's like, okay, so I'm, I'm in immense pain. There's possibly something very wrong and you won't take it out. Well, and the one place where you're supposed to go when like literally anything of any type of like medical emergency happens that's where you're supposed to go and this is a place that you can't go for that yeah Yeah. and I'm not saying that that's every hospital or every um experience but 
I knew in COVID times and in how much pain I was in, I was like, I don't want to be in so much pain in the hospital and during COVID when also, you know, our hospitals in BC, especially like are, are overrun and the everyone's overworked. So if I could get through the pain, I kind of just wanted to, Mm. you know what I mean? I didn't want to be a burden. (laughs) (laughs) And then also have the chance that they're just going to send me home. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And so, well, especially because like when you're going to like sit for hours in like the emergency room kind of thing, it's like that's also not comfortable. It's not where you want to be in in that much pain. Yeah. Yeah. And I also I don't take um, any painkillers that are stronger than Advil just because I don't want to get addicted to them, quite frankly. Um, So even if they had given me something that was stronger for the pain, I if it, if it wasn't like dangerous to my life, I would choose not to take it. Yeah. Um, just for that reason. So I knew like, what, what, what are they really going to do? You know what I mean? Um, which was honestly probably the wrong decision knowing what I know now. Um, but the next day was somehow even worse. (laughs) Like the day before it would not like ebb and flow, but there would be certain positions where like for a couple minutes I could find a little bit of relief. The next day it was like, no, there's absolutely nothing that you can do to make this like any better. Um, and then finally the day after that I woke up and I was like, oh my goodness, I think that this is like passing. And I had called my doctor. I'm passing. I'm passing. (laughs) What? I'm passing. We have this friend (laughs) that was talking about how her grandma would like always basically like say that she was like dying when like she she wasn't. But like she just would like tell them that because like she constantly thought she was dying. And then so our friend like went over to her grandma's house the one day and she was sitting in this chair and she was like, I'm passing and then like closed her eyes and let her head like fall to the side but she was still fine <laughs> oh fuck just fake fake passing all the time <laughs> oh goodness. I'm gonna be that dramatic as a grandma for sure <laughs> I'm gonna keep everyone on their toes <laughs> uh, so on the second day of this like horrific pain that I was experiencing I called the doctor that um had inserted my IUD and I told them, hey, no, this was the first day, sorry. The first day of the horrific pain, I called them and I was like, hey, I need to see someone, like get an ultrasound or something, like some shit's going on in there and it's like pretty bad. So the nurse was like, okay, sure, like I'll give you an appointment. She's gonna call you at this time. So the doctor calls me and she's like, what's going on? And I was like, I'm in a like serious excruciating pain, blah, blah, told her everything I just told you guys. Um, and she said, it's normal to feel some discomfort in the next couple of weeks, like probably for six months. And I was like, okay, yeah, I understand that. Also six months, get, get fucked, number one. Not her, but just IUD society, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, and I was like, this is not normal. I don't know how else to explain it to you. And it was only when I said I was fine for like four days or something like that. And then this happened. So it's not like I've just been in this like mild discomfort for like seven days. And now I just like want an ultrasound. It's like, no, I was like going to the gym, going for a run, like, you know, just working through the pain sort of thing. Yeah. And here we are. I can't get out of bed. And so she was like, okay, fine. Like, we'll get you an ultrasound sort of thing. So then I called the next day. Which again, going back to like we did like a whole episode basically talking about like how frustrating it is when doctors just like won't take your word for it yeah because it's like 
the worst case scenario is that I come in for an appointment that's maybe not 100% needed. Yeah. I don't know. Kind of seems like the better than the alternative of like something seriously wrong and yeah, you know. Well, and and pain in general is it's different for everyone. The way that we experience pain is different, and just because one patient that you know experienced pain that was less, you can't tell me that my pain isn't life altering. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I, and that's what I told her. I'm like, I can't get out of bed. Is this not concerning to you? Mm-hmm. That's pretty concerning to me because I've dealt with chronic pain most of my life and I usually am able to get out of bed. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, So she said, my um, staff will be in contact with you tomorrow to book an ultrasound. It was like down to the wire of closing time for that clinic the next day. Nobody had called me. And I was like, well, I can't, I literally cannot move. So I'm going to call them. And uh, I called and... The receptionist said, oh, yeah, you were one of the ones that I couldn't get to today. <laughs> and I was like, OK, no problem. <laughs> OK. Um, and she said, I'm going to call tomorrow morning first thing because usually they like have appointments um, first thing. And like they'll answer the phone sort of thing. Yeah. And we'll book you like first not for that morning. But you know what I mean? Um, I said, OK, well. Just so I know, when do you think my ultrasound will be if you call tomorrow and they book me an appointment? And I can't remember the exact date now. I said it in my video, but it was something like two or three weeks away. And I I was literally, I, I started like crying, not audibly, but in my bed, I was just started crying because I was like, if only you could know how much pain I'm in and you're asking me at this time, I didn't know if the pain was going to subside. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like you're asking me to sit here in this excruciating pain in my bed for three weeks. How dare you? Which which also isn't um, realistic for virtually anybody. Yeah. Like you can't just like suddenly take two or three weeks off work or, no. you know, like that's not it. That it, it just that actually just is doesn't work. <laughs> no. The things for ultrasounds. Um you know, there are, I have an ultrasound that's booked for like six months from now. That's fine for something completely unrelated. Sure. I get it. You know what I mean? It's not actually pressing. This thing isn't causing me pain. They just want to, you know what I mean? Yeah. This, this to me seems. It's urgent. (laughs) Urgent. Yeah. Anyway. So I said at that point when I, my tears started falling from my face, I just said, okay, you know what? Then I'd like to book an appointment to get this out because I can't live like this. And that's when she said, oh, well, if it's urgent, we can get you in sooner. I'm like what part of I can't get out of bed doesn't feel urgent to you like I'm just so frustrated at this point because I know too like there's so many people who haven't really experienced doctors and stuff like that as much as I have like I'm I haven't you know what I mean like it's I would say in the middle for people um but I've been through it and I've had to advocate for myself time and time again and um I know now just to be really like basically pushy and like honest with my symptoms and be like no you know what I think that you're actually underestimating how much pain I'm in sort of thing um and I know a lot of people probably wouldn't have even gotten to the point of like calling for an ultrasound like maybe the doctor would have said oh you'll be in some mild discomfort and then you're just sitting there in pain by yourself yeah thinking that you're supposed to feel like this which if you're in pain you know what I mean that's that's true so let's do something about it yeah um so anyway they did end up getting me in for way earlier I think it was only like four days or something like that um before I I got to go in 
Um, thankfully though, before the ultrasound even happened, the pain started to subside. The next day was better. The day after that was better. So on and so forth. Um, and now I, I am now feeling like so, so, so much better. Um, anyway, got the ultrasound, had to wait a week for the results. Um, the IUD is in the right position. Okay. Great news. You know, it's not perforating my uterus or anything like that. But what the doctor told me (laughs) was that she believes I had a cyst on my ovary that ruptured, which if anybody's had a cyst on their ovary rupture, you know, they can be really, really dangerous. They can be life threatening. They can be extremely painful. Um, Obviously, the one that I had burst was a lot smaller or else, you know, I would be dead (laughs) or whatever, maybe. Um, But it's frustrating to me that all of this and and all of the advocating and everything like that it's like okay so if if you knew that I was having like a cyst rupture you'd probably care you know but instead you're like you're you're fine you know like don't worry about it like you're gonna have some mild discomfort whatever and I also don't even know why I didn't think of that I get cysts on my ovaries all the time um and she didn't say if it was connected to the IUD or not I can logically conclude that perhaps all of the situation thing happening down there jostled it or whatever and aggravated it and caused it to um, burst. So don't know, can't say. Um, But it's just, it was just such a frustrating, frustrating experience for me. And, um, you know, just the fact that we have to kind of go through these things and go through them almost like blind because the information online just isn't, it's not fully, it's not transparent. Well, and I think like even being treated like that by a doctor once, I feel like results then in like this habit of you then gaslighting yourself around like medical situations mm-hmm. where you're like, well, like, okay, like, is it really that bad? Am I just being like weak? Um, is it, it's probably going to subside. It's probably going to, you know, whatever. And then like, that's the thing is like, that's how you do get into situations where sometimes like now it is even more serious because you weren't taken seriously. You weren't able to like get a handle on it early on. And now, you know, you maybe can't go to the emergency room right away for what, you know, like it's just, it just gets so out of control. So like, I hate that. Um, I, I just, I just hate that response of like not taking pain seriously when what's the what's the downside of taking it seriously yeah you know like I I get that like obviously of course like our medical systems are like overrun and stuff like that and there's there's a a ton of issues like that but it's like I would rather I mean I feel like if I worked in the medical profession I can't say for sure but like I would rather take everybody's word for it than not yeah you know and and be wrong sometimes having taken their word for it than be wrong not having taken the word for it well and and some people do say um the reason oftentimes with pain is for drug-seeking behavior like that's why doctors now don't believe people as much because they're worried that that's your end goal like by saying you're in pain is like oh I want this then fine tell them I'm not going to give you any narcotic whatever you know what I mean like this is this is going to be what we're going to do in response you're not going to get any drugs out of it kind of thing yeah which is fine again fine for me I just want to know what's going on because 
it kind of just seems like maybe we take it out if that's what's going on, right? Yeah. Or in the case with the cyst, I don't even know what they do. I've never actually had to go to the hospital for an ovarian cyst. Um, don't know what they would do, but re- you know, regardless, whatever they it, what they would have to do for that, um, or just at least knowing what's going on is so much less scary too, because you know that the pain is eventually going to subside. Yeah. Right. And you're not worried that like, because what I was worried about too that can is very rare, but it can happen is like it can puncture your um uterine wall and like it can create infertility when you have shit like that happening and so I'm I want kids you know what I mean I'm like I'm really scared um and it's just it just sucks that that can be the case where you're just not really you know I think doctors sometimes can get desensitized to that kind of stuff and it's like this is a huge thing you know yeah like well yeah especially because like there are certain things I'm sure where it's like the the worst that can happen is like really not that bad, but like that, yeah, like like my fertility could be affected because of this, like my yeah. ability to like have kids could be affected, like that's I don't know, yeah. So anyway, um, that's that. That's the results of my ultrasound. She said, you know, a little cysty cyst went boom boom. Um, I'm feeling a lot better now, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Even when I was looking up uh, ovarian cysts bursting on the internet, because Sam asked me, like, she wonders how it, how it would feel. Um, most of the articles that were written by people in, like, the science community sort of thing were like, oh, mild discomfort, blah, blah, blah. But then you go on to actual patient experience, and it's like, oh, it was worse than... Ch- I had one that was said it was worse than childbirth. <laughs> I was like, obviously that, you know probably not what I experienced um but why aren't we talking about like the sliding scale of how these things can feel like why are we constantly trying to minimize pain when it happens to someone who has a uterus you know what I mean well but and honestly like not even necessarily minimizing just pain but minimizing any kind of side effect that you don't want to be dealing with yeah because like that was I went off birth control for um just over a year as well because I was dealing with um like my depression was getting really bad I had like a really 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 low libido and it was like causing issues um and and it's just like unpleasant to have to deal with you know what I mean and so that that's not necessarily pain but like it was causing me issues in my life and you know like if I had gone into a doctor and they were like you're fine like it's you know what like it's the same thing like you you don't you, you shouldn't have to deal with any kind of anything (laughs) medically if if you don't want to anymore and you should be taken seriously no matter what it is yeah and it's interesting to me too how quick they were to take me seriously as soon as I said that I wanted it out yeah you know I'm just like like why are we I don't know I'm not against IUDs by any means like I'm sure maybe I'll have like a great rest of my four years with this thing yeah regardless it doesn't change how traumatizing those two, three weeks were for me. Yeah. Like that was pretty bad. I'm still not the same, (laughs) you know, like I'm still having a lot of back pain, which I was back pain free after years and years of back pain, Yeah. Um, which is, uh, can be a side effect of, of having an IUD. I'm still dealing with cramping every single day, not even just on my period. Like there's, I'm still not normal, my, my version of normal, but sure. I mean, things could subside and I could love it, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I just don't love that this is being pushed as like, oh, we've done it. Yeah. You know, we have IUDs now and they're so effective. They are effective, but like they're so effective and this and that. And it's like, okay, but we're not done. Why do you think that this is done when there's, I'm sorry, six to nine months 
of these side effects, you think that that's good? You're happy with that answer? You're happy to give people that answer? It's just ridiculous. Well, and that's the thing is that you weren't really given that answer until after the fact. Mm, I think that I, I think that I knew, I think I did know with the six to nine months thing. Um, because it, it is on like the whatever pamphlets or whatever. Um, but I remember when she like reiterated it after I had experienced what it felt like. Yeah. I was like six, six, but didn't six she months? also, didn't she also tell you to like go look it up on your own? Oh yeah. 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 I totally forgot Which, about that part of the story. <laughs> that is to me like one of the biggest issues like it's like if you're if you're because the thing is like what if you, obviously like okay that's kind of like your responsibility if she's like handing that responsibility off to you but like what if you hadn't looked it up or what if you didn't happen across that information or whatever like because you're not a medical professional yeah so I just think like going in and doing it and not knowing all the possibilities is like half the battle right there because like that's already putting you into a position where you kind of are having to just like blindly trust your medical professional yeah yeah I forgot that part of the story when we were on the first phone call she basically just asked me if I was interested and in which one and then I tried to start asking questions and she said please refer to the website for any questions and then I kept at trying to ask her and she kept trying to get me off the phone. And I'm like, I don't want to refer to your website. I want the doctor to answer my questions. Yeah. I know how to research. I do it all the time. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, boy. Yeah. So anyway, that's my experience getting an IED. That's not meant to scare anyone. Lots of people have great experiences. I have tons of friends who love them. Love it. Um, I did reach out to my Instagram followers and the response was overwhelmingly on the side of outrageously painful in the beginning. Great afterwards. Yeah. There were a a good number of people who felt a lot of pain during the insertion and then, um, they were never the same afterwards and they ended up getting it removed after like a year and like, and lots of complications. Um, and then there were a few people as well who said like, oh, no pain before, no pain during, no pain after sort of thing. Just like easy peasy in and out. God's favorites. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> honestly, I know one of them too. And I was like, how dare you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, why not me? Why can't that be yeah. me? So anyway, it's just, it's just a conversation that I like to keep having is like, we're not done. Like, let's keep researching let's find birth control for those with the swimmers. Okay, let's figure it out. I know that there were trials and there were like really bad side effects that happened. I think I haven't looked into it like fully because I know that it'll anger me. Um, Just the fact that we're kind of like at a standstill sort of thing. Um, But like, let's, you know, why? I, again, if it's like, oh, well, we have this, we don't have the solution. Yeah. Is the thing. Okay. Because well, I think. Well, and you can have, you can have options and still need more. Yeah. But I think that there's almost like this, maybe it's just me, but I do feel like there's almost this understanding that it's like, well, we have it. So like, why are we trying? It's like, no, no, I don't want to do this. So it's your turn now. It's your (laughs) guys' turn. Let's take it over. We're going to be done with this. I don't want six to nine months of cramping and back pain and and whatever. Yeah. No, thank you. And I, I understand I don't have to. I could be abstinent and or use a condom. 
Got it. I don't know that that's, well, abstinence specifically, I don't know that that's a realistic uh, (laughs) approach for most people. (laughs) So, yeah. But there's always that one, you know, that's like, well, you don't have to. And it's like, well, you're damn right. Yeah. And yet. Yeah. (laughs) We have a world full of people somehow. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Something isn't lining up here. Uh, Well, thanks for sharing your your experience. Yeah. Thanks for listening to me. Like, just talk about it. Love it. Love to. That's what we have a podcast for. Yeah. Let me know. These conversations are important. Yeah. It was mostly (laughs) just like me ranting about it. But um, yeah, let me know your guys' experience with IUDs if you've had them and you feel comfortable. Um, Again, I just want to reiterate, not everybody has a bad time. There's lots of people who have like a fine time with it. Um, So I'm not trying to say that by any means that my experience is the only experience, but I'm interested to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you won't be hearing it from me because I won't be getting one. I can no. promise you that. Yeah, Sam had to watch me go through it and she was like, oh, I, I wouldn't before, but literally never now. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I feel pretty concrete about this. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, all right. All right. We'll see you in the next one. Bye, guys. <laughs>